2 Thessalonians chapter 1, I want to begin reading with verse 7. The Bible said, And to you who are troubled, rest with us, when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels, in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God, and that obey not the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. I want to preach and teach tonight for a little while on the pre-tribulation period. You see, when we begin to look at the signs of the times that are all around us, it indicates that we are living in the last days. As we see the day of His return approaching, more and more people are asking the question, will the church go through the tribulation period or will the saints of God be delivered from it? Are we going to have to go through tribulation? Is something going to take place to deliver us from it before then? When you begin to look at a lot of different doctrines and opinions about the tribulation period, there's several different opinions concerning the rapture of the church in regards to the tribulation. We can find that there's one doctrine that's the partial rapture theory that teaches that when Christ comes in the clouds of glory, only a portion of the church will go and the balance of lukewarm believers will be left to go through the tribulation as a period of sanctification. Others teach that the church will go through all of the tribulation period. This is the post-tribulation view of the rapture. Others believe that Christ will return for, for his church uh, during the middle of tribulation. This is called the mid-tribulation uh, view or the mid-tribulation rapture. For then there is a pre-tribulation rapture view which teaches that all of the true church that is born again, believers in Jesus Christ, uh, will be raptured before the tribulation period and will be raptured out and taken out before the tribulation ever comes into place. For this is what we believe and what we teach in the Church of God doctrine. And tonight I want us to look and see what the Scripture says about this subject. First of all, the church will be raptured away. For there is a great deal of conflict and confusion on this particular subject, but yet it's such a vital subject because the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ is our ble the blessed hope of the church. And if Satan can confuse us on this particular point, then he's won a great victory. He's got us more worried about going through tribulation than he has focused on watching and looking for the rapture to take place. But let us consider briefly what is meant by rapture. For the word rapture is not found anywhere in the scripture. If you do a word search in the Bible and you start looking for the word rapture, you're not going to find it because it's not there. But it is the best word that we have in the English language to describe the scriptural view concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. For the word rapture comes from the Latin word rapos, which means to snatch away suddenly. For John chapter 14 verse 3, Jesus said, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am you may be also. We can find in 1 Thessalonians 4 and 16 that Paul said, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. And then we which are alive and remain shall be called up together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the end. 
air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1 said, Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and by our gathering together unto him. Now, I want you to notice uh, these three statements in these verses that I've just shared with you. The first one is, I will receive you unto myself. The second statement is caught up together with him in the clouds. The third verse said, our gathering together unto him. All of these point to the taking out or the catching away or the rapture of the church. Every one of these is saying Jesus is coming, the rapture's going to take place, and we're going to be out of here. You see, when will the rapture take place? The Bible tells us in Mark chapter 13, verse 32, but of that day and hour knows not, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. But take heed, watch and pray that you do not know when the time is. No one knows the exact day or the hour that the rapture is going to take place. But Mark encourages us to watch and to pray and to be ready and be prepared so that whenever that day comes that we will be ready to go and be with the Lord. The Bible does not tell us what will happen to those who die in the faith, what will happen to those who are alive and remain. You see, 1 Thessalonians 4 and 16, the Lord said, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the the, the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. When the dead in Christ are resurrected the living saints are going to be transformed we're going to be changed in a moment in a twinkling of an eye we're not going to be the way we are but we're going to have a glorified body Paul began to exhort us about this about the changing that was going to take place when when Jesus steps out on those eastern skies when that trumpet sounds when the dead in Christ is risen then we which are alive and remain is going to be caught up. But in that same instant, in that same second that we're caught up to be with the Lord, there's going to be a transformation that's going to be made to those that are alive. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, beginning in verse 51, he said, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed for this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality so when this corruptible has put on incorruption and this mortal has put on immortality then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written death is swallowed up in victory O death where is your sting O grave, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. He said in that moment, in that twinkling of an eye, this corruptible body is going to put on incorruption. We're going to be changed into a glorified body in an instant, in the twinkling of an eye. You 
see, those who are Christ, those who make up the true church, are translated and called up to meet Christ in the air, and this is the rapture. Now, this brings us to several questions. The first question is, will the saints of God be taken out of this world before the tribulation period? Will they be translated during the tribulation period? Will they go through the entire tribulation before they are raptured out? Now, in the scripture, in the church associated with the tribulation, now in the scripture is the church associated with the tribulation period or the time of judgment that shall come upon the earth. It's called Daniel's 70th week or the time of Jacob according to Jeremiah 30 and 7. He said, Alas, for that day is great so that none is like it. It is even the time of Jacob's trouble, but he shall be saved out of it. It was prophesied by Jeremiah that there was a great day of tribulation coming. There was a time coming upon the earth that there was going to be great trouble, great trials, great tribulation, greater than man had ever seen before. But the last part of that verse is a key to our hope is a key to what's going to take place to the body of Christ. But he shall be saved out of it. When we look in Daniel chapter 9 verse 24, he said the 70th week are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city for to finish the transgression and to make an end of sin and to make reconciliation for iniquity. You see, therefore, there's no place in the Scripture where it refers to the church still being on the earth during the tribulation period. There's no Scripture that relates to the church still being like we are now on this earth when tribulation comes. The church will not go through tribulation. Can you say amen? The very nature of tribulation prevents the church from going through any part of the tribulation period. Well, what are you talking about, Pastor? This is what I'm saying. For the church is not looking for the wrath or the judgment of God. Why are we not looking for the wrath or the judgment of God? Because when we accepted Christ in our heart and we became a Christian and we became part of the body of Christ, then we're no longer under condemnation. We're no longer under under wrath. We're no longer under judgment, but we are under mercy grace that's been extended by the blood of Jesus Christ and we're not looking for his wrath. We're not looking for the judgment of God, but for the blessed hope which is deliverance from God's judgment. Now we can find in 1 Thessalonians 4 where Paul gave a beautiful description of the rapture of the church when he was talking about that Jesus would come and in the sound of the trumpet and we would all be changed and caught up together in a twinkling of an eye. But then in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 1 through 3 said, But of the times and the season, brethren, you have no need what I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say peace and safety, then suddenly destruction comes upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. For Paul was saying in effect, don't worry about the tribulation. 
Don't be so worried and concerned about the tribulation that you quit looking and preparing yourself to, for the catching away. You see, 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 4 said, But you, brethren, are not in darkness, so this day should not overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of light and sons of the day, and we are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. He said, brethren, you're not of the darkness anymore. You're a born-again believer, and when Jesus came into your heart as your Lord and your Savior, the light of the world came into you, so you're no longer associated with darkness, but you're of the day, and, it, and there's nothing that should overtake you because God's going to reveal to you and let you know through the Word of God what's going to take place and what's going to happen. You are sons of light, sons of the day. We're not of the night or darkness. So don't be asleep. Don't be worried about the judgment. But let us watch and pray and be ever alert. He said in 2 Thessalonians 1 and verse 7 through 9, he said to give you who are troubled, rest with us when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. These shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. Now notice this statement. And to you that are troubled, rest with us. What's he mean by that statement? While the rest of the world is receiving God's flaming judgment, the saints are going to be at rest with the Lord. This has always been the principle of God's salvation and His operation. God did not destroy the first world until Noah was safe, was safe in the ark, and God had shut him in. Look at Genesis chapter 7, verse 1. It said, The Lord said unto Noah, Come thou and all thy house into the ark. Go down to verse 16, and then the Lord shut him in. He told them for a hundred years that I'm going to bring, a, I'm going to destroy the earth. There's going to be a flood. There's going to be rain coming. And Noah preached this for a hundred years. Everybody laughed and scoffed him, told him he was crazy. He was a lunatic. He was a fanatic. And he built the ark according to the instructions of the Lord. And when the time come and the animals started gathering to the ark because of the commandment of God, and they started started entering in and then God spoke to Noah and said bring all of your house into the ark and when they got in there God himself shut the door and then the rains come the rain did not happen until God made sure the righteous was taken care of when we look God did not destroy Sodom and Gomorrah until Lot and his family was delivered. When he went in and, and they searched for so many righteous, but yet there was none. But yet he had Lot and his family, and it said that they took them out 
Now we know that his wife looked back and was turned into a pillow of salt, but Lot and his family was considered righteous, and if she hadn't looked back, she'd have made it out. But yet they were still delivered before fire and brimstone was brought down on Sodom and Gomorrah. He did not bring the judgment of sin and unrighteousness upon the righteous people of God. If God didn't do it then, God's not going to do it now. The tribulation is not going to happen and not going to come upon the righteous because we're going to be out of here. We're going to be gone. You see, not until the restraining power of the Holy Ghost is taken away and the church is raptured from the world will God pour out his judgment upon the earth. You see, today is the day of grace. The church age is a day of grace, a time of mercy and long-suffering. God did not tell us that he would preserve the church in the tribulation or preserve them through the hours of judgment. But he did say in Revelations chapter 3, verse 10, he said, because you have kept my commandments to preserve, I also will keep you from the hour of trial which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. What is the hour of trial? The hour of trial is the tribulation. What did God say? I will also keep you from the hour of trial. Jesus said in Luke chapter 21 verse 36. He said, watch therefore and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Now, Jesus died upon the cross for our sins so that we could live a life that's free from sin and that we could live righteous and holy before the Lord so that we may be counted worthy to escape all the things that will come upon the earth. God's not going to bring the judgment of sin and the world upon the righteousness of God. He's going to bring us out. The rapture's going to take place. The heavenly Father's going to look at him and say, you've already had your hand on the doorknob. Open the door of glory. Step out on the clouds. Go get my children. It's time for them to come home. Their battle's over. Their fight's won. They've made it through all the struggles, all the hardships, all the battles. It's all been worth it because we're going to spend eternity with the Lord. I want you to notice something else. When you go into the book of Revelation after the church has been raptured in Revelations chapter 4 verse 1, the church is not again pictured upon the earth. From Revelations chapter 4 verse 2 on through the end of the book of Revelations, it never refers to the church being upon the earth. It never reads and never was talked about again about the church being on the earth. But in Revelations 4, 4, we find the church in heaven around the throne eternally robed in white linen with crowns of gold upon their heads coming back with the Lord Jesus Christ who will destroy the Antichrist and cast him into the lake of fire and brimstone where he will dwell for all eternity and then he will establish his kingdom upon the earth. Now before the fourth chapter of Revelation, the church is mentioned 14 times. Each time is the church upon the earth. 
But beginning with the fourth chapter, the church is caught up and God no longer deals with the church on the earth, but God begins to deal with the saints and the chosen ones in heaven. You see, then another conclusive proof that the pre-tribulation rapture is found in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. You see, the two books of the Thessalonians are devoted entirely to the subject of the coming of the Lord. They are called the books of the advent. The apostle Paul had written the first book of Thessalonians describing the rapture and the coming of the Lord for the church during the time between the first and the second book. A false prophet had written a letter and forged Paul's name stating that the tribulation had already come and that the persecution through which the church was going through at that time was the tribulation period. A false prophet had written a letter to the churches of Thessalonica signed Paul's name to it and said that it had already come and the tribulation period was why the church was being persecuted. Now the saints of Thessalonica became quite disturbed because they remembered the preaching of Paul and they knew that the apostle Paul had said that they would be delivered before the day of wrath would come. Thus in the second letter to the church of Thessalonica, Paul said in 2 Thessalonians 2 beginning in verse 1 he said now brethren concerning the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him we ask you not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled either by spirit or by word or by letter as if it is us as though the day of Christ had come let no one deceive you by any means for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first and the man of sin is revealed the son of perdition who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped so that he sits on he sits as God in the temple of God showing himself that he is God do you not remember that when I was still with you I told you these things and now you know what is restraining that he may be revealed in his own time for the mystery of the lawlessness is already at work only he who restrains will will do so until he is taken out of the way and then the lawless one will be revealed whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. Now Paul warned them, he said, let no man deceive you by any means. Not by word, not by deed, not by letter, not by signs. Don't let anything shake your faith. Don't let anything shake your opinion. We need to realize that in these last days, if we really want to know what's going on, this is the only God that we've got. If it don't line up with this book, we need to cast it to the side, throw it away, leave it alone, forsake it, and don't do anything about it. It's got to line up with this. If it doesn't line up with the word, then it's not God and it's not his doctrine. You see, he said that that day is not going to come except there be a great falling away, an abandonment of the faith. The man of sin, the son of perdition, who is the Antichrist, is revealed. Now, Paul said that this revelation of the Antichrist could not happen until he who now hinders. Now, catch this. He said this can't happen. The tribulation can't come. The Antichrist cannot come on the scene until he who now hinders is taken out of the way. Who do you think he's talking about 
is restraining this thing. He's talking about it's not going to happen until the Holy Ghost is gone. Until the Spirit of God's taken out. When the Spirit of God's taken out, it's going to happen when the rapture of the church comes. When this hindrance is removed, the Antichrist shall arrive. My friend, this is what Paul was saying. The tribulation period cannot come, neither can the Antichrist be revealed until the Holy Ghost, that restraining force, is taken away and the church is called up to meet the Lord in the air. Now you're saying, well, why would the Holy Ghost be taken out? What is the temple of the Holy Ghost? We are. This right here. Every person here, this is the temple of the Holy Spirit. If we're the born-again believers of God, we're the temple of the Holy Spirit, and we go in the rapture, then the Holy Spirit is going to be taken out. Right now, the Holy Spirit is the only thing that is restraining the tribulation period, the attacks of the enemy, and the appearance of the Antichrist. So this tells me that the Antichrist is not going to appear. The tribulation period is not going to come upon the church until the raptures took place and the saints of God are gone. Therefore, as the body of Christ, we don't need to be looking for wrath or judgment to be poured out upon the earth. But we need to lift up and we need to lift up our heads and rejoice for our redemption draws nigh. We don't need to be looking for the tribulation, but we need to be looking for the rapture. We don't need to allow ourselves to get sidetracked that we start looking and trying to figure out all the trouble and all the, all the controversy and all the things that's coming. Our world that we're living in now is never going to be any better than it is right this minute. Matter of fact, it's going to get worse. It's like I said this morning, it's not going to make a difference who you put in as a president, who you elect into the Senate or the Congress, or who's in control of the government. This is something that was put in place thousands of years ago that God said, I'm coming back for the church, and when I do, the tribulation's coming, and the world is going to face judgment, and every eye is going to see him, every tongue's going to confess him, and every knee is going to bow, and the world has made up their mind that there is no God, there is no salvation. There is no deliverer. There is no healer. There is no reviver. There is coming a day when Jesus is going to let them know once and for all, all the old foggy things that they said was not real is going to come to pass and they're going to see Jesus Christ for themselves. Mm. We don't need to be looking for the tribulation. We need to be looking for the rapture. You see, if the devil can get the church looking for the tribulation rather than the rapture, he's destroyed the church's joy and the church's hope. Think about it. If we get so caught up in that we're looking at all the trials and controversy that's going on in the world, how many can watch four or five days of the news and it be so bad that you feel depressed when you get through? We can. Read the newspaper a couple of days. Look at the news telecast a couple of days in a row and tell me if there's not a, a spirit of depression that doesn't come on you because everywhere you look, there's some tragedy that's happening to somebody. 
These things are going to happen, but God said, look up. If you're looking up, you're not focused on what's down here. You're focused on what's up there. If you're looking up, then you're focused on your Redeemer that's coming after you and not what's around you that's encircling you that's trying to be a distraction. You see, this is the reason the enemy hates the doctrine of the imminent return of the Lord Jesus Christ. By imminent return, I mean that he could come at any moment. There's no sign that needs to be fulfilled before the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. For Matthew 24 and 44 said, Therefore by you, you also be ready for in such an hour that you think not the Son of Man cometh. Let us prepare our hearts for his glory return that could take place any moment. There's not any sign. There's not anything else that's got to happen right now this very second. Jesus could step out and we could all be out of here and we could be gone in the rapture because Jesus could come at any minute. My prayer is that every person under the sound of my voice and every person that walks through these doors will feel the anointing and the power and the presence of God, that you'll realize and know that God is real, that we are living in the last days, and the only hope that we have is in Jesus Christ. He is our hope. You couldn't have picked a more appropriate song to sing than our hope is in the Lord, because that's the only hope we've got as the church. That's the only hope that there is. This place here is not going to get any better. The world is not going to become a better place to live. Things are not going to be the way it is from now on. That's hard for our flesh and our mental capabilities to understand. We think that because we've lived this way all of our life and there's not been that many changes, maybe a few culture changes, but yet mainly we've existed just the way we are all of our life. We have it in our mind and in our spirit because of the flesh. We think that this is the way it's going to be forever. But honey, I got news for you. This thing is winding down and it's about over and it's about wound up and Jesus is about to come. This is just a temporary dwelling place. We get caught up in everything going on here, everything we want, everything we need, everything we think we've got to have, when everything we think we've got to have is going to be left behind when we're gone in the rapture anyway, and it's not going to hold any importance, it's not going to hold any worth, it's not going to make any difference to us because we're going to be in a place where the glory of God is the sun, the power of God brings peace, and all of the poverty is gone, there is no sickness, there is no tears. There's no depression. There's no sad eyes. There's no depressive spirit. But all we're going to know is the glory of the Lord and the power of God. And we're going to be in that presence forever and ever and ever. Can you imagine? To think about how long eternity is. I heard a man use this example one time. He said, if a bird picked up one grain of sand from the earth and transported it to the moon and did that until every grain of sand was removed from the earth and was put on the moon, that would be eternity. Think about it. 
That's a long time. We're going to worship him for a thousand years and then take our second breath and worship him another thousand. That's going to be a joyous time. But we need to realize that Jesus is coming. The rapture is real. If there's ever been a time we need to be assured of our relationship and our walk, if there's ever been a time that we need to be telling those that we love and are around us, hey, there's fixing to be something happen. Jesus is coming. Are you ready? Do you know the Lord? Are you saved? Where's your relationship with God? We need to be the ones that are standing, the watchmen on the walls, and we need to start declaring it from the rooftops that this thing's winding down and it's about to be over. And we want you to go with us. We want you to be ready when Jesus comes because Jesus is about to step out. Would you stand with me tonight all over the house? As I mentioned this morning, for a week now, God has just put such a sense of urgency in my spirit that we need to be ready. We need to be looking. We need to be prepared. We need to keep it in our mind constantly that today could be the day that Jesus comes. Today could be the day that the rapture takes place and the church is taken out of the world.